0: Mountaintown Eve by Ivory Harlow. I, Eve, sat on the stoop behind the salon and pulled an e-cigarette out of her apron. She preferred actual cigarettes, but prohibited herself from smoking at work. Clients didn't appreciate the smell of burned cigarettes transferring from their hands to her hair. She studied the tiny watermelon pictured on the vape juice container. It doesn't taste like watermelon, but at least I get a nicotine fix, Eve thought. Eve, want to walk in? A voice called from inside the salon. Coming! She shouted and hurried in to greet the new client. Eve rented a hair station at the Desert Rose Salon in downtown Mountain Town. Hers was one of six stations packed into the small pink stucco building. It was a tight squeeze on Saturdays, when all employees worked the same hours. Eve was the only stylist that worked weeknights. She typically had the place to herself after PM. She liked it that way Eve wasn't antisocial, per se. But she didn't fit in with the other Desert Rose stylists. They had made up faces, beachy waves, and wore heels to work Eve had edgy black-blue hair, a pierced septum, and neck tattoos. Her looks turned heads, and her past was the topic of many hushed conversations. But these things didn't work against her like she expected them to in conservative mountain town. Instead, other outcasts came to her for kitty cuts, fringe bangs, high-top fades, and neon color. I don't know why anyone wants to look like a lollipop Carol, the owner of the Desert Rose Salon said as she watched Eve unpack a shipment of raspberry, teal, and wild orchid hair color. "'What did your elders think of poodle cuts and pompadours in your day?' Eve asked Carol huffed off. Irritated Eve implied she was old and out of touch. Carol would get over it. She didn't complain about the commission she was earning from all the new customers Eve had brought to the salon in the year she'd cut hair there. (sniffs) Eve approached the walk-in and extended her hand. "'Hi, I'm Eve.' The woman was wide-eyed at Eve's appearance as if Eve was a wild animal about to attack her hair. She was a mousy, middle-aged woman with frizzy ash-brown curls. Eve was used to making ninnies nervous. They assumed that because she didn't have normal hair, she couldn't do normal hair. The assumption was false, of course. Eve would have to win her over with professionalism. I'm Joanna. Why don't you sit down and tell me what you'd like done today? Eve motioned to the station. The woman sat and watched Eve assess her hair in the mirror, Joanna's current style was an overgrown bob. Upon closer inspection, Eve realized the ashy tone was strands of gray hair coiled in Joanna's curls. I don't remember the last time I had a trim Joanna said nervously, but the frizz means I need one. Just a trim, then Eve fingered the curls and frowned, displaying her disappointment. Because adding some vertical layers and then cutting individual curls to break up the layering will give your hair movement and prevent strong lines. Eve took the woman's chin in her hand and studied her angular jaw and nose. Joanna needed some softening. For sure. Oh. The suggestion sparked Joanna's curiosity. And you have a few premature grays. I can camouflage them with a few cool-toned highlights. The client's trepidation turned to a smile. Maybe it is time for a change, Joe agreed. Great. You hang tight. I'm going to mix up the color. Eve was pleased with the ease at which she talked Joanna into a style more suited for her. She was pleased, but not surprised. Something about the woman alerted Eve to the fact she was open to change maybe even itching for it. Eve returned to the station. Color in hand Coco Chanel once said, a woman who changes her hair is about to change her life. How did you know? She asked with trepidation, as though Eve was reading her thoughts. Eve laughed. It's been my experience, both professional and personal. Do you have big changes in mind for the new year? Now it was Joanna's turn to laugh. I'm leaning into big changes right now. My husband came home and announced he didn't want to be married anymore at Christmas. That's a horrible gift, Eve said, not wanting to deem it a bad thing. She'd been through some equally horrific situations that turned out for the best in the long run. It's okay. Really. It opened my eyes that I needed to change some things in my life. What happened to your husband? If you don't mind me asking. I don't mind. I'm the one who brought it up, Joanna reminded her. I found out later that he was carrying on with some woman in the city. She dumped him when he became available. He came back, thinking we'd pick up where we left off. By then it was too late. I sent him away. He's my ex-husband now. Good for you, Eve said, and meant it. The mousy brunette had more balls than she let on Eve was starting to like her. A new hairdo is a great way to mark a fresh start. Last year I had long, light-colored hair. Eve pointed to her razor-cut pixie with blue streaks as an example. Why did you need a fresh start? I got sober. I went to drug rehab for 90 days. I did a life overhaul afterwards to prevent myself from relapsing, Eve said. It was my first time in treatment, but most of the patients had been to rehab two, three, four times or more. When I asked why they kept relapsing, they all said they'd gone back to where they were living, hung out with their old crowd, and ended up doing drugs or drinking like they did before. In other words, they didn't change anything. I figured I'd do the opposite, change everything about the way I live to get the opposite result. Third, before moving to Mountain Town Eve, lived in Austin, Texas. The city boasts weird personalities and a wild nightlife. Clubs, concerts, bars, even coffee houses, There a person can find a party happening somewhere in Austin at any hour of the day. Austin rent is higher than anywhere in the state Eve split the cost of an old duplex with two roommates. She lived within walking distance to Theat Street. Locals referred to the iconic entertainment section of the city as dirty. She could pick their poison every night. From rock and roll to country western music, from marijuana to crystal meth, from beer to Bloody Marys, That sounds really different from Mountain Town, Joanna said. She strained to think of any local business open past 8 p.m., nestled in a valley, surrounded by three mountain ranges. It often feels like Mountain Town is cut off from the rest of the world. Joanna had lived here her entire life, but she imagined it'd be disconcerting for a young, single, female from the big city. It was really brave of you to take the leap. The way I see it, I didn't have a choice if I didn't want to end up back in rehab. There was this one patient, a woman in her 40s. It was her fourth time in treatment. She was not a typical druggie. She had a rich husband and two kids in Ivy League schools. One night, I brought something to her room. Her dentures were soaking on her nightstand. Meth had rotted her real teeth. I thought if this woman, with all the privileges she has, can't stay sober, I am at a major disadvantage. I promised myself I'd die before I went back to my old life. Joanna's body stiffened when Eve uttered the word, die. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable, Eve, apologized. Don't be sorry. It's just that I don't think you're giving yourself credit. That woman, all those other people that ended up back in rehab were looking for someone to save them. You saved yourself, Joanna said. Thanks for that, Eve said, and started foiling the back section of Joanna's hair with highlights. My husband leaving made me consider that kind of life I really wanted for the first time. Before then, I just went through the motions of life. After 20 years of marriage... I found out I didn't particularly like the man I married, our house, my car, my job, even the way I look. Him leaving was you getting sober Eve noted, an opportunity to create the life you want with intention. That's exactly how it felt, Joanna confirmed. Eve motioned for Joanna to move from the hair station to a dryer. It was 6.30 p.m. Carol and the other stylists had left for the day. They had the place to themselves. Do you want a drink? Eve went to the mini fridge and pulled out two white claws. She handed one to Joanna and sat in the dryer chair next to her to continue their conversation. Has it been difficult to discover what you actually like, Eve asked. Joe took a sip and said, easier than I thought. I never wore red, but I bought a new bright red sweater and wore it on Christmas. Naughty, Eve said. I like it. Lavender, royal blue, and emerald green will look amazing on you with these new cool tones in your hair. I'm sending myself a text, so I remember that next time I'm shopping, Joanna thumbed the message into her phone. How did you decide what you wanted in life after rehab? I paid attention to what drew me. I always liked the look of short, choppy hairstyles, but thought I couldn't pull one off. I had a half dozen pictures of said style saved on my phone. Cutting and coloring, it felt like taking off a costume. Eve twirled the wine cooler can in her hand, deep in thought. Little changes gave me the confidence to make big changes. Ivy, Dr. Kinsley was the Addictive Disorders Program's lead psychiatrist. He was a tall, pale man in his late 60s. Liver spots covered his bald head, but only a few speckled his face. The doctor's eyes were as icy and unfeeling, his voice hollow. He wore dark-colored suits to the clinic every day, including weekends, when he stopped by to catch up on work. Achieving initial sobriety is an enormous accomplishment, but it's just the beginning, Dr. Kinsley said smugly, as if he was solely responsible for Eve's recovery. She had complete aftercare as ongoing treatment for drug addiction. Since you are a local, I can arrange for you to receive outpatient aftercare at our facility. Eve had to remind herself she had no reason to dislike the man, yet everything about Kinsley, from his pompous speech to his coordinated dress socks and tie, made her skin crawl. Thanks, but that won't be necessary, she said, flashing a fake smile. Dr. Kinsley's rictus faded to a frown. He did not appreciate Eve saying no to his treatment plan. He took a moment to collect himself. If it is a matter of insurance and copay, The center offers a variety of options to help you cover the cost of continuing your treatment. It's not. He shifted in his chair. Would you like a referral for another licensed professional facility? No, thanks. Eve, I'm sure you are aware relapse rates for substance use disorders can be as high as 90%. Patients who take advantage of aftercare services have lower relapse rates than people who do not. I understand the risks Eve knew Dr. Kinsley would insist she do aftercare his way so Eve didn't bother disclosing her own aftercare plans. Eve outprocessed from rehab the next morning. The nurse returned her belongings, including her car keys and cell phone, from the storage lockers. They felt like foreign objects after 90 days of not driving or texting. She avoided turning the phone on, dreading the hundreds of messages and emails awaiting her reply. She said goodbye to the other patients, promising to stay in touch, but knowing she didn't intend to. Eve shook hands with counselors and hugged the nurses. She ignored their looks of concern. By now, they all knew she had refused aftercare treatment. She suspected most of them assumed she'd be back in the detox unit within a couple of months. But Eve knew better. Eve passed through three sets of doors on her way out of the building. The thick security doors that kept patients inside, the facade doors to the facility's hallway, and finally, the main entrance. She felt a growing urge to run the closer she got to the outside world. They only permitted patients' access to the outdoors on supervised smoke breaks on an enclosed patio, and when they crossed the courtyard to go to the cafeteria, she exited the building and took a deep breath of fresh air, trying to decide which was sweeter, the smell of spring or freedom. Eve located her car at the edge of the parking lot. She thought it was ironic that she'd driven lit hundreds of times without a second thought, but felt nervous to drive 90 days sober. She turned the ignition and rolled down the windows to let out the musk. Her first stop was the duplex Eve contacted her roommates from rehab to tell them she planned to move out when she got discharged. They'd have no trouble finding someone to rent her room. The duplex was affordable and fully furnished, a rare find in the trendy city. Just toss my clothes in a couple of boxes. I'll swing by and pick them up when I get out Eve told them not to wait before moving another renter in. It sealed the deal in Eve's mind that there was no going back on her plan. Thought. Eve's former roommates embraced her in a hug when she arrived to pick up her things. I know better than to offer you a bing, Brett said. How about a beer? That's still okay. Right, thanks, but I'll pass. I got a long drive ahead of me. Right, Brett said. She couldn't help but notice the potent smell of alcohol seeping through his pores. It was unusual for him to be awake at 10 a.m. She appreciated that he'd made a special effort to see her off. You look so healthy. Their roommate, Heather, rushed out of the house to congratulate Eve. I knew you could do it. Brett and Heather introduced the replacement roommate, Landon. He was a rock and roller who seemed to fit in well with the crew. Heather had packed and labeled Eve's things in boxes and stored them in the garage. They helped load the boxes in her car. Heather sheepishly handed Eve a $100 gas card. We wanted to get you something and thought this would help you drive off into the sunset of your new life, she said as if telling a fairy tale. Y'all are sweet. Thank you. Don't be a stranger. Call if you need anything. They waved as Eve pulled her car away from the curb. She watched in the rearview mirror Brett and Heather were the closest thing Eve had to family. It pained her to think she'd never see them again. But intuitively, she knew it was what she needed to do. Eve forced the feelings away as she merged onto the interstate. The seven. Austin traffic is awful at all hours of the day, but rush hour, it's the worst Eve had a few stops to make before she left the city for good. Her first stop was the salon where she used to work. Eve wasn't about to trust just anyone with a makeover-level haircut. Kendra, a stylist who had served as a mentor to Eve when she began cutting hair ten years ago, was pleased to see her. Please tell me you're here to ask for your job back, Kendra said. Sorry, but no. I'm here because I need a change, and I don't trust anyone else to do it. Eve scrolled through her phone to find the screenshot she was looking for. She handed the phone to Kendra, who stared at it in shock. Are you sure? That's quite a drastic change. The hair model had an asymmetrical pixie with long, sweeping side bangs. The color was several shades darker than Eve's natural brunette. I've thought it through. My hair has red undertones, so using a violet base color will help neutralize brassiness Eve instructed. I'm thinking that snipping hairs vertically rather than straight across, cutting upwards with the scissors, will give it that light feathery fall across your forehead, Kendra bounced the idea off Eve. Great idea, Eve said confidently. Kendra still looked nervous. Here goes nothing, she said, pulling Eve's long hair back into a ponytail and lopping off 12 inches in a single snip. The A. Did you always want to do hair, Joanna asked Eve. I flunked out of high school. I wanted to do something artsy, but I wasn't willing to be a starving artist. So I got my GED, then enrolled in cosmetology school Eve, explained. Doing hair is practical, yet creative. I wouldn't last a minute in a 9-5 office job. Renting a station at the Desert Rose lets me be my own boss and make my own hours. I imagine the folks in Mountain Town differ from Austin clients. Why did you come out here instead of Dallas or Houston or another big city, Joanna asked. Eve took the last drink of her white claw and motioned for Joanna to follow her to the washing station. She removed the foils and began washing her hair. My parents took us kids camping out here every year. My mom called it the drama-free zone. It is the only happy memories I have of my family. I remember my family cheering when the mountains came into view. I chose Mountain Town chasing that feeling. Aye. The Verizon store was Eve's last stop on Eve's way out of Austin. She walked into the shop, feeling confident with her new hairdo. Her presence demanded the clerk's attention. How can I help you today? The clerk asked. Eve held up her iPhone. Can you clear my phone's contents and assign it a new number? That's an unconventional request. Boyfriend trouble? Stalker. Are you in the witness protection program? He asked playfully. Funny, she said humorously. None of the above. I want a fresh start. I don't see this model anymore. Maybe it's time for an upgrade. I mean, as long as you're here. Thanks, but I can't afford a new phone right now. Let me see what I can do, he said. The clerk located Eve's account information on his computer. I see you have insurance. He took the phone from Eve's outstretched hand and slammed it on the tile floor. Eve jumped. She was speechless. Good thing you have insurance. Go pick out a new phone. It's on us, he smiled wickedly. I can have your new phone programmed and ready to go in 15 minutes, he said when she indicated the model she wanted. This may be the best customer service I have ever received Eve, Beam. Eve felt her stomach growl. The Verizon store shared a parking lot with a Chipotle. She stepped outside and walked towards the restaurant. There was a long line of people nearly out the door Eve was not fond of crowds to begin with and 90 days in rehab had made her even less tolerant. She walked to the side of the building, leaned against the wall, and lit a cigarette instead. She watched people on the Chipotle patio, trying to determine if they were friends or family, coworkers or lovers by their body language and gestures. She'd gotten pretty good at reading people during hours of group therapy. If nothing else, all that therapy had alerted her to the fact that every person had a unique and complex life, she had been so self-consumed during her years as an addict that it hadn't occurred to her that every person was the center of their own universe. Addict Eve wasn't a vain or selfish person. Her attention has to be focused on her own survival. Free from addiction, she gained awareness that she was a single star in the sky, a tiny grain of sand on miles and miles of beach. Some addicts found insignificance depressing, but insignificance provided Eve with the freedom to find and be her authentic self for the first time. X, Eve bought fuel, a bag of bugles, and a monster before getting back onto the interstate. She drove into the setting sun with Austin in her rearview mirror. Her Civic got 38 mpg on the highway. There was no need to stop again until she needed gas. After eight hours on the road, Eve passed a highway sign that read, Last Stop for Fuel 76 Miles Camp Verde." I'd better stop now, she thought. It was pitch black. She didn't want to avoid breaking down in the barren desert mountain terrain. She pulled up to one of four fuel pumps at the station before realizing they had been turned off. There was a closed sign hanging on the station door. She stretched her neck, looking for another station further down the street. There wasn't one. But she spotted a sign, Hotel El Viagero. She was tired and hungry. Might as well stop for the night. Welcome to El Villagero. A plump woman with full rosy cheeks and a heavy Mexican accent greeted her when she walked in. Is there vacancy? I'd like a smoking room if you have it. The woman put on a pair of readers and typed on the computer. Just one night. Eve read the small print below El Viagero, translating it to The Traveler. Why was she in such a hurry? She wasn't even sure where she was going. She could spend a couple days scoping the place out. Two nights, please. The woman handed Eve a room key. My name is Blanca if you need anything or have questions. I will be at the desk all night. I see the hotel's restaurant closes at 11 p.m. On weeknights, Eve pointed at Cantina Luga. It was after midnight, but its delicious aromas still wafted in the air. Are there any other options open? Not at this hour. The woman scratched her head. Even the gas station and grocery store are closed. Eve's face fell with disappointment. She was starving. Why don't you make yourself comfortable in your room? I will make you a special meal and bring it to your room. You don't have to do that, Eve said. Cantina Luga is my restaurant, and it will be my pleasure, Blanca smiled. Eve settled into her room with ease. It had the warmth and charm of old Mexico with pale butter-colored walls and traditional saltillo tile. She set her bag on a rustic pine chest and hung her jacket in the colorful Sierra armoire before throwing her body down onto the plush king-size bed. Eve had almost dozed off when she heard a knock at the door Blanca entered with a loaded tray of food. She set it at the desk and pulled out the chair for Eve. I brought for you gliso beef and sweet potatoes cooked in red especial salsa, tortillas, and salada y pico de gala. Blanca pointed to a covered basket. A sweet dessert for your sweet tooth. Warm homemade churros. Eve was already salivating. Bugles and a stale bag of salted peanuts that she found in her car were the only things she'd eaten today. Eve retrieved her purse and pulled out a $50 bill. She extended it to Blanca. No, you are our guest. Please enjoy. I will thank you, Eve promised. If Blanca wouldn't take her money, she'd post five-star reviews for the hotel and restaurant on TripAdvisor to show her appreciation. Eve ate past satiety. It was the best Mexican food she'd ever eaten. She managed to save a few of the churros to have with coffee in the morning. She dug her toothbrush out of her backpack. She had no energy to shower. But she wasn't going to be without brushing her teeth and washing her face. She stumbled into bed and pulled the covers over her. I did it, Eve thought, as deep peace enveloped her and she drifted to sleep. She. When she woke the next morning, it took a few minutes of lying in bed to recall where she was. The blackout curtains rendered the room completely dark Eve reached an arm out feeling for her phone plugged in on the nightstand. 10.30 a.m., she made a cup of coffee and ate the remaining churros in her room while she googled her whereabouts. Camp Verde was over 400 miles from Austin. The nearest large city was 220 miles further. Verde was one of three small towns that formed a triangle. Orland was 30 miles north and Mountain Town was 26 miles west. Eve showered and dressed. She ran her hand on the back of her neck still getting used to the exposed skin after years of having long hair. She expected to see Blanca at the front, but a portly Mexican man was sitting at the desk. Buenos dias, he greeted her as she approached the desk. Did you sleep well? Amazingly well, Ever told him, and looked around the stately and historic lobby. It was like stepping back in time to the Mexican-American War. I'm glad, he said sincerely. How can I help you? The woman who was here last night. My bride Blanca. I want to thank her for the delicious meal. Seriously, I have never eaten food that good. Seriously, I believe you, he said, patting his swollen stomach and smiling. I will pass along your compliments. I am Miguel, by the way. I manage the hotel. I'm Eve. What brings you to the area, Eve? I'm looking for a place to put down roots. I used to love to visit this area with my family when I was a kid. That was 20 years ago, though. I have lived here my entire life, and not much has changed. I'm sure you will find you are in the right place at the right time. Mi Abuelo padre used to refer to the area as the Three Sisters. You mean Camp Verde, Orland, and Mountain town Evast? Yes. The towns are like corn, beans, squash, independent of one another, but thrive together. Corn roots reach deep into the ground and send up a thick, upright stem. Bean vines wrap themselves up the stalk to grow while squash shades the ground retaining moisture and preventing weeds which are you corn beans or squash eve asked enjoying his analogy i'm not much of a helper so that rules out squash eve said thoughtfully i think i have been a bean most of my life clinging to others ideas about me instead of being true to myself but recently i'm learning to stand on my own you are corn miguel announced mountain town is where you belong it is the largest of the three towns its infrastructure provides a foundation of support for Camp Verde and Orlin. Okay, then. To Mountain Town, I go Eve, saluted Miguel, and headed towards the door. Your future awaits Miguel called playfully after her. She. So, you moved to Mountain Town because are corn Joanna was delighted by the story. It sounds really dumb when you put it that way, but yes, I did. He was my male, Mexican fairy godmother. The women laughed. Eve had dried Joanna's hair, and was snipping strands of curls to frame her face, Joanna was no longer nervous about the new look. She'd set aside inhibitions about the cut, color, and Eve herself. They were on the fast track to friendship. I want to give credit where credit is due, but he confirmed what I already knew when I left Austin driving in this direction, Eve said. When I got to Mountain Town that afternoon, everything started to fall into place. I went to the coin laundry to wash the damp cardboard smell out of my clothes that had been in storage. That's where I met Carol, who owns this salon. She was washing towels. She told me she had a hair station for rent. I signed the lease that afternoon. Things always work out when you listen to your gut, Joanna noted. My trouble is deciphering what my gut is saying. That's because you, and me too, spent years ignoring our intuition. When we finally take time to listen, it's like listening to a foreign language, Eve said. But like practicing a new language, listening to my gut has gotten easier. The more I listen, The louder it talks, Eve returned to El Viagero Hotel that evening. Welcome back, Miguel's face lit up when Eve walked into the lobby. Did you find your place? I found a place to work, Eve said with excitement. Is there a local newspaper? I need to find a place to rent, and I didn't see any apartments in Mountain Town. There are classifieds in the Mountain Herald. He handed her a crisp copy. She opened the slim eight-page paper and frowned at the lack of for rent listings. One momento, Miguel snapped his fingers. I might have a solution. Blanca. He yelled to the office behind him. Blanca emerged with a look of annoyance. It faded the moment she recognized Eve. Do you think your cousin Carmen would take a long-term renter? Miguel inquired. This young lady is looking for a place to live in Mountain Town. I made sure to be back in time for dinner, Eve told Blanca. The food last night was delicious. Ah, uh. the special tonight is Casaberia. It is corn quesadillas stuffed with pork, smothered with cheese, fresh cilantro and onions. I can't wait. You two are letting your stomachs do all the talking. What about finding a place to live, Miguel, redirected the conversation. Blanca slapped his shoulder. My cousin Carmen renovated a casita on her property to rent it like a hotel room. What do you call it? She looked at Miguel. Airbnb. She only rented it twice. Her little doggies were timid about the strangers coming and going. They would not use the yard Carmen decided Airbnb was too upsetting for her babies, Blanca said. Carmen, she is a very wealthy woman. Renovating and decorating the casita was a project to occupy her time. She doesn't need the money Miguel explained, but she might be open to the right person to rent the space long term. I will text and ask Blanca offered. A few minutes later, Blanca handed Eve Carmen's address and an appointment to tour the casita at 9 the next morning. Eve saw Carmen standing outside the grandiose entrance to the main house. She had a full face of makeup and her hair perfectly coiffed. Carmen wore a long, expensive-looking silk robe. She had a teacup Yorkie tucked under each arm. This is Pina and Paulo. She introduced the dogs Eve scratched them behind the ears. They sniffed her affectionately. I'm sure Blanca told you the comings and goings of guests was too much for them, Carmen said in a puppy love voice. Carmen, Pina, Palo, and Eve walked around back to a small adobe structure. It was painted dusty orange with a bright blue door and window trim. There was a patio off to the side. Blue wisteria spilled over the patio's arbor. This is lovely Eve complimented the aesthetics. Wait until you see the inside, Carmen said. I spared no expense Eve could tell she was proud of the casita and enjoying playing tour guide. The casita had a studio-style floor plan with a queen-size bed, sofa, and eat-in kitchen. The decor was modern and minimalist. Eve loved it. Carmen set down Pina and Paolo who followed Eve into the bathroom and then a large walk-in closet. The closet had a stacked washer and dryer Eve opened the dryer door. Paulo ran smack into it, knocking himself onto his butt. Oh, Paulo! Carmen rushed over to comfort the dog. He is past due for a trim at the groomer's. She swiped the fur from his eyes. I can grab my shears from my car. I've never cut dog hair, but my human clients love the way I cut bangs. Eve offered. Paulo and I would appreciate that. Wouldn't we, Paolo? Eve retrieved her cut kit from her car, Carmen retrieved glasses of lemonade from the kitchen and brought them to the patio while Eve trimmed Pina and Paula's fur. Oh, Paulo, you are so handsome. And Pina, you are a beauty, Carmen, proclaimed when Eve handed her the little dogs. They wagged happily. What is the monthly rent for the casita, Eve asked, and took a sip of her lemonade. She was nervous she wouldn't be able to afford to rent such a nice place on her own. She'd always split rent with roommates. I was planning to charge $550 per month for the casita, fully furnished, of course, with utilities and internet, included Carmen said. But if you would be willing to trim Paulo and Pina every month, it would save me time and money. What do you say to $450? How soon can I move in Eve, exclaimed, and extended her hand to Carmen. Today, Carmen smiled. They shook on the deal. Psst. As of today, I've been sober for year, months, and days. Eve told Joanna, you should be proud of yourself. Thank you. You should be proud of yourself for taking the leap to change your hair. Eve handed her a hand mirror and turned her chair so Joanna could view the back of her head. Joanna admired her new sexy, tousled chin length bob in the mirror. I couldn't, wouldn't have done it without you. Are you hungry? Eve asked. I'm starving. How about a burger? Sounds great. Joanna said. Eve locked up the shop and they walked side by side down Main Street to Carl's Diner. Unconventional as it was, the friendship was a fresh start they both needed.